a bit different, eh? That was quite good, actually. Gave me a little bit of time to duck off to the bathroom and get back again before I had to say anything. But welcome to part three of our At The Movies series. So we've had a couple of pretty hard-hitting movies the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, we've had kind of a tears and, and people anxiety and people wondering whether we should be showing such violent scenes in church and some of you are probably sitting there now wondering how we're going to link all of this cartoon stuff to, to the Bible. Um, I'm not quite sure, actually, but we'll, we'll carry on and see, how we, how we, see where we kind of land. Um, but because we've had a couple of pretty intense movies the last couple of weeks, I thought we'd finish the series with a nice, uh, you know, kind of lighter-hearted one this morning. And it's a classic. As you can see, it's an animation that many of you have probably seen before, uh, maybe many years ago before, and it's called The Lion King. And uh, the movie, if you haven't seen it, is, is a, a family-type classic. It's a musical, and it tells the story of the young cub Simba. Uh, 
we named our cat Simba. I, I actually can't remember if it had any link to, to that, but uh, that's who I think of now when I think of Simba. Um, but he is the future king uh, of the animal kingdom, and, and in the movie, his father gets killed, and it's the story of Simba who fields the blame for his father's death and then kind of runs away. But it's a story that's, that's got triumph in it, it's got tragedy, uh, it's a story that's got a bit of love in it, uh, it's a story about victory over evil, uh, and a story about betrayal and destiny. And I think if we all thought about those terms, we can say that that's just life sometimes, uh, that that's just what uh, we kind of go through. But Simba runs, uh, Simba runs away, and he meets up with two friends, uh, Timon, who's a meerkat, and, and these are all just like made-up characters, by the way, uh, Timon, who's a meerkat, and Pumbaa, who's a warthog, uh, and upon meeting them, Simba's kind of grappling with this, with his destiny, he's kind of grappling with why he's a, a, a lion hanging out with a meerkat, why he's not quite the same, or why he's hungering for giraffes, and these, this meerkat and this warthog are trying to feed him bugs. And so he's kind of got this identity crisis, uh, and, and all these things in life that he's kind of worried about. And these two friends teach him a song, uh, and it's this song that I want to draw our attention to this morning. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no pears and craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata? Yeah, it's our motto. What's the motto? Nothing. What's the motto with you? <laughs> you know, kid, these two words will solve all your problems. That's right. Take Pumba, for example. Why, when he was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. Very nice. Thanks. He found his aroma like a certain appeal. He could clear the savannah after every meal. I'm a sensitive soul, though I seem thick-skinned. It hurt. My friends never stood downwind. And oh, the shame. He was a shame. What a change in my name. Oh, what's your name? And I got downhearted. How did you feel? Every time that I... Hey, Papa, not in front of the kids. Oh, sorry. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no passing phrase. To our humble homes. You live here? We live wherever we want. Yup, home is where your rump rests. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, I'm stuck. I'm so hungry I could eat a whole zebra. Ah, we're fresh out of zebra. Any antelope? Nah. Hippo? Nope. Listen, kid, if you live with us, you have to eat like us. Hey, this looks like a good spot to rustle up some grub. Ew, what's that? A grub. What's it look like? Ew, gross. Mm. Tastes like chicken. Slimy yet satisfying. These are rare delicacies. Mm. Mm. Pecans with a very pleasant crunch. 
You'll learn to love them. I'm telling you, Tim, this is the great life. No rules, no responsibilities. Ooh, the little cream film kind. And best of all, no worries. Well, kid. Oh, well, Hakuna Matata. Slimy, yet satisfying. That's it. about this song is that it reflects, uh, in many ways, a biblical command, a command that was actually given by Jesus to uh, his disciples and to the crowd that gathered around him at the Sermon on the Mount, one of the greatest sermons, the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest um, preacher to ever walk the planet. And so I want to share a couple of thoughts this morning with you uh, about worry, about trust, and about the kingdom uh, from Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. And we're going to work through this passage uh, a little bit as a, at a time as we go. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. It says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Therefore I say to you, akuna matata, about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So let's just pause there for a minute. You know, here Jesus is kind of separating that which is of value and of high importance in the kingdom and that which is of lesser material value um, in God's kingdom. Life, is not life more important than food? You know, life here, I believe, is also referring to eternal life. Is not life, life eternal, life with Jesus, who is giving this message, more important than the things we have to worry about in our day-to-day living? Uh, and it goes on to say, is not the body more important than clothes? You know, it's not just about the body that we're talking about. It's about the fact that our bodies are a temple of God. The body is not just your physical body. The body is that, that temple of God. The body is that sanctuary where the Holy Spirit resides within us. Is not that, looking after that in life, more important than the clothing that often we worry about more than we do about 
our spiritual temple. He goes on to say, look at the birds of the year, verse 26. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? In the NIV, it says, who of you, by worrying, can add another day to your life? Hakuna Matata, don't worry. Who knows that that's a whole lot easier to say than it is to do? And, you know, sometimes just saying don't worry to people isn't a whole lot of help. It's like telling someone who's really, really angry, you know, just calm down. It's like, Ugh. And worry uh, is a little bit the same. But Jesus tells us not to worry. And so uh, I believe that we need to try to learn how to do that beyond just saying it, beyond just thinking about it. You know, Jesus uh, says in those passages there that how many of you have added a day, of your a day to your life uh, through worry? How many of you have added anything to your life by worrying? Ask yourself that question. What have I added to my life by worrying? You see, the reality is, I believe, is that worry doesn't add nothing. Worrying adds nada. But what it does do it is, it is, is that it subtracts things from you. Worrying isn't going to add peace to your life. Worrying isn't going to add joy to your life. Worrying isn't going to add health to your life. In fact, I think we could all agree that worry can be the cause of those things deteriorating. Worry can cause you to lose joy. Worry can cause you to lose peace. Worry can cause you to get unhealthy. You know, worry certainly doesn't add hair to your scalp as much as many of us would like that uh, to happen. Again, worry probably, if anything, takes it away. It decreases it. And so Jesus goes on to say in verse 28, So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. You know, to worry requires us to trust. Think about that. To not, sorry, to not worry. To not worry requires us to trust. You know, when I'm at WestCon and I'm faced with uh, I'm faced with the sort of challenge or the sort of task or the sort of project that's pretty big that gets me nervous enough to have to worry about how I'm going to do it. Uh, one thing I know is that if I can get the people around me that I can trust to delegate things to, if I can get the right person that I know I can uh, instruct and trust them, to go and do it, and not only go and do it, to go and do it well, then I know my worries are put to rest. Who's ever experienced that in their life? Where you're so worried about something, but you know that the minute someone says, I can help you with it, and you know that person is able to, you know they've got the skills to, you know they've got the resources to, 
you just, your worries are just put to rest because of trust. And so to not worry about the things in life, to not worry about the things that Jesus is talking about here requires us to trust those things to someone. And that someone I'd like to suggest this morning is God. And to trust God in that way, I think, uh, I believe that we need to understand a little better what Jesus is teaching uh, in this passage and a little better what Jesus is teaching uh, in his Sermon on the Mount. You see, the Sermon on the Mount, I believe, uh, is a message about God's kingdom. It's a message about the kingdom of God, and it's Jesus teaching about the grace, about the way things are going to be. Uh, you know, in there, we, we, we read about all the Beatitudes. It's teaching about the way in which to go in the kingdom uh, of God. He's teaching about this kingdom that is going to be established through Jesus, who was the Messiah, who was their answer to prayer. And though this passage is about worry uh, and, and is about trust, I believe it's so much more, it's about so much more than that. Because these verses are about God the Father. They're about who He is, and they're about what He is able to do. What Jesus is highlighting is what God is able to do. It's about knowing that God can, God always has, and God always will provide for the needs of those in his kingdom. And so when you're worried about something, remind yourself of this. And here's your first point this morning. When you're worried about something, remind yourself of this. God has this. Remind yourself of that. God has this. In verse 28, we read, consider uh, that passage we just read. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And then in verse 30, we read, Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? God's going to provide for the birds in the air. God's going to have these beautiful lilies that are there one day and then gone the next. Provide for everything they need to grow into the beautiful uh, creation that he's created them to be. Is he not going to clothe You know, I read that and I kind of wonder how often I get in God's way of what He can do. How often do I get in God's way when He's trying to bring breakthrough? And then Jesus encourages everyone that's sitting around by saying, Oh, you of little faith. But we'll move on from that very quickly. But when we look closely at this passage, you know, beyond worrying and beyond trust, the message that we see. Uh, the message that I believe we see 
is the message that God the Father is in control. Beyond trust, beyond worrying, the, the, the real message is that God has got this. He's in control. The message is that God is the great provider, that he will provide for our every physical and spiritual need. And we've got to remember that in terms of God providing for our spiritual need, Jesus, who is giving this teacher, is an answer to that provision for the spiritual needs of the entire world. So Jesus is teaching in the practical what is actually taking place in the spiritual. Jesus is teaching for faith in God for the practical things because he knows he's there to fulfill the answer of God and the prophecies of God for the spiritual things. God has got this. Through Jesus, he provided for our faith, for salvation by faith. Through Jesus, he provided for us a greater access to the presence of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's power. Through Jesus, he provided for the kingdom. He established all that we needed in his kingdom. And so not worrying uh, is possible when we understand that God who feeds the animals, that God who provides for the birds and for the bees and the flowers and the trees, I don't know, provides for uh, everything on earth and for everything that creation needs is the same God who provides for us because are we not of more value than they? God has got this. Amen? So I believe we need to come to a place of completely trusting God to provide what we need. Because as we've, as we've seen, both physically and spiritually, he already has, he already is, and he always will. You know, Simba, we're jumping back to the movie now, I'm trying to tie this all up. You know, Simba had to trust Pumbaa and Timon. He found these two friends and he had to trust them to look after him, to kind of take care of him, to kind of show him away. Now, up until the point where Simba discovered that he was the heir to the throne of the animal kingdom. And at that point, he then goes out and fights and takes his rightful place in that kingdom. And at the end of the story, we see the result of his actions.
this time. Simba, when he realized that he was the heir to the throne, when he realized who he was, fought and took his place, his rightful place within the kingdom. Here's your second point this morning. Put God's kingdom first. Matthew 6, verse 31 through to 32, it says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So up until this point, Jesus has taught us about how God provides for all his creatures and for all his creations on earth, about the lilies and for the birds. He's taught us about how we shouldn't worry uh, because God knows and God can uh, provide for our every need. And then in verse 33, uh, he tells us how to live in a way that gives us the confidence that we need to not worry about things that he is asking us to worry about. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God. And these things shall be added to you. Let me highlight some key words. Seek first kingdom of God, and then these things shall be added to you. How often have we worried about these things being added to us when we haven't been seeking the kingdom of God first? How often would we say, God, where are you? God, I don't see you. God, how can I trust you? But the, we haven't at this side gone, God, I worship you. I praise you. I glorify your name. Despite all I'm going through, I will seek first your kingdom and seek first your righteousness. 
Now, the result of seeking first the kingdom of God is to have all the things that we worry about, all the things that we need added to us. Seek first the kingdom. What does that even mean? I hear you all asking under your breath. It's all right, I ask the same questions, right? What's that mean? You know, to me, and I, I mean, this is, this is me. I don't know if it's something that you have to seek God and seek the kingdom for, for yourself. But I think that these might apply to all of us. But to seek first the kingdom of God, to me, means to follow the king. It means to pursue my relationship with the Holy Spirit, who in many ways brings the kingdom to earth and his power. To me, it means learning the ways of the kingdom. But then all of that is for this last one. To live like a citizen of the kingdom. To live under the instructions of the king. And in doing that, we can walk faithfully without worry, knowing that as we seek after the kingdom and trust God, then God's got this. That if it's about God's kingdom being greater than ours, then our job is to take our place in his kingdom as sons and daughters of God. Amen? Verse 34 says this. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. Let's deal with what God's placed in front of us. Trust God for our worries in tomorrow. Let's seek first His kingdom, believing that as we do that, all the other things, God has got it. And so in closing this morning, I just want to pray for every worry. I want to pray for every concern. I want to pray for every uncertainty that surrounds our life.